Yeah, my, my name is Pastor Ray. I'm one of the uh, pastors here at San Francisco Bible Church. I oversee the college and career uh, ministry here in SF Bible. And it's just a joy and privilege for me to invest in, the, in you as well as all the other students and college career people here. Uh, is I always find it's like a privilege to be able to come and preach to you God's word uh, every Friday and occasionally on Sunday. Um, but just uh, as, as Alex said earlier, we are in a new series for the summer. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the time you guys have. Uh, I know you, some of you have a very long break. It was like a four-day weekend for a lot of you. Or I know some places just took the whole week off. So if that's you, praise the Lord. You get time to rest and recharge a little bit. Uh, for, but for the next two months, we are going to go through a, a summer series on what makes a Christian community. What makes a Christian community? And I think the reason why I thought about this particular topic is that ever since the pandemic, there has been almost like a, a lack of desire to care about being with one another. And when, when we are with one another, we tend to not really understand why we're with each other. Uh, piggybacking off what Pastor Rogers spoke on Sunday about fellowship and what that really means, it is centered around God. And everything uh, that we do here, it's, it's, a, it's, it's first from our love for him, and then out of that love for the Lord, we're in each other's lives. And this series, we're just going to touch on six different areas in which I think that our Bible study and really our church can improve on and to work on. I'm not saying that all of you guys are lacking in this area, but I'm sure there are still areas in your life where if you, as we go through the series, you can see like, yeah, I can improve in this area to contribute to this Christian community um, or being part of this healthy bot, church body. And today, we're going to learn about one of the key aspects of the Christian community is that you guys are, you, at least a healthy Christian community should be made up of people that listen to God's word. Uh, this is really the foundation because everything else that we do is going to build upon that. As Christians, the Christian community is centered around the word of God. And the world may have a lot of things that they uh, rally behind or that they have common experiences that they, um, that they share, uh, whether it's experiences or life stage, whatever it may be, uh, hobbies, entertainment, uh, people in our world, there's different you know, groups that are around that, that have interests. You know, there are those that are into certain type of movies or certain food. And, you know, we, there's like groups that are uh, Facebook groups and, you know, other different ways of social media where we connect to common things that, uh, they, that we enjoy. But as Christians, we need to understand that the, the chief thing that we need to desire the most as a Christian community is the Word of God. In order to really enjoy our time with one another in the local body, we need to enjoy listening and hearing the word of God. If you listen to the word of God well, then the Christian community will also be well. At the same time, the inverse is also true. If you're not hearing God's word and you're not paying attention to the word of the living God, then it's no surprise that the Christian community is very frail and it's very shallow. God's word has to be the focal point because everything that we know about God comes from, the, from, come from his word. If you listen to God's word well, then the Christian community will also, will also go well. In order for you to be truly part of this Christian community, Christians need to care about uh, learning about the Lord from the word of God. Again, I'm not strictly 
preaching this series so that you can pay attention to me. I'm, I'm really talking about any time you get to hear the Word of God, whether that is in your free time when you're listening to a sermon or when you're driving and you're listening to a podcast about some Christian uh, topic, whatever it may be, if it's centered around the Word of God, you need to learn to listen well. So I'm not, you know, I know that, like I'm one of the preachers here, so it makes like sounds like a conflict of interest, but it's not that. My main goal is that any time in your life where you get to hear the God's words preached or explained to you, that you learn to listen carefully. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can. St- we'll start in Second Thessalonians, and we'll kind of jump around Scripture, but we can start there at Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse fifteen. Paul writes, So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the tradition which you were taught, whether by word of mouth or by letter from us. This, the Thessalonians, is known for their faithfulness. But yet Paul, explaining to them that, uh, writing uh, this letter to encourage them, tells them to remember the things that they were taught, remember the things that they heard about scripture from their teachers and even things that they've written so they can be encouraged, so that they can find hope, so they can be strengthened in the faith. And it requires all believers to intellectually engage the word of God. Listening or listen is a common word throughout the scriptures. In fact, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 6 in the Old Testament, it says, Hear, O Israel. Or um, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 2 says the same thing, like, Hear, O Israel. He's God commanding people that they need to listen to the word of God, that they need to actively participate. It's not just something that you do uh, in a church where we just sit there. You know, when we have the songs, you participate in singing, yes, and when we do offering, you participate in giving. But oftentimes when it comes to the preaching of God's word, we think, okay, that's the time where we get to check out. That's the time where I don't need to do anything. That's actually not the right attitude. That's not the right thing that you need to do because the right thing that you do when you hear uh, any preacher that preaches to you, you listen as an act of worship. You sit and you listen and you think and you use your mind in such a way that, in, that increases your knowledge of the Lord so that you know how to worship him better. Part of the worship experience in the church is that you hear God's word preach, not because of the eloquence of the speaker, not because of the funny illustrations, not even because of the passion of the preacher but rather what the preacher is saying about the Word of God, how they explain who God is. That's what our role is when we listen to the Word of God. And I'm very thankful that so many of you, you have your Bibles open, you have your apps, hopefully you're taking notes. Some of you do have your pen and paper or notebooks, and you're, and you're actively trying to engage, and that's good. I will, if that's you, excel still more. But just because you're taking notes does not necessarily mean you're hearing the Word of God. Because you can outwardly do a lot of things that seem like there's a spiritual thing, but in your own heart, do you really have a desire to listen to the Word of God? Because failure to listen to the Word of God is incredibly dangerous. Genesis chapter 2, uh, we see that Adam and Eve, they failed to listen to the Word of God, and it plummeted every single uh, one into, all of humanity into sin. Matthew chapter 13 Verse 13, Jesus says, Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not hear, and while listening they, 
while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And it goes on to explain that you will keep hearing, but you will not understand, for you will keep seeing, but you're not see- you will not perceive. There's something about the hardness of the heart that when they hear something that the pastor has to say, or the Sunday school teacher, or the podcast, whatever time, again, explaining the word of God, that it just kind of bounces off of them. It doesn't make sense. It just, they can't grasp the significance in their own life. And scripture also testifies in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, about the dangers of not being able to hear. Uh, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11, concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. The Bible makes the contrast that you are commanded to listen carefully to the word of the living God, and if you don't listen to the word of the living God, there are uh, dangers for you. I mean, we understand as Christians that our basic faith comes first and foremost by hearing the word of God. We came to saving faith because someone shared the gospel to us. They told us about our sin through their through the explanation of God's word, we understand our need of a savior. Someone had to tell you the word of God and you heard it. And it goes on beyond that. Once you become a believer, sanctification, your growth in Christ, requires you to listen to God, God's word regularly in your life. God's reputation is indeed on the line. You call yourself a Christian, then you need to Show that you actually have heard the word of God through the way that you live. Listening to God's word is foundation to the Christian community. Why do we elevate the word of God here? It's not because we like necessarily teaching, although that is important. We understand the role that all of the different gifts, uh, the, the, all, of the, all the gifts that you guys have, that you guys use in this body for, uh, uh, for the edification, building up of, of the church, and that's great, but teaching is the thing that equips you to do those things well. It teaches you how to live in a way that in this context of the church as well as beyond. It gives you a biblical worldview and a frame to know how to think about life. You need to listen to God's word well. It gives us instructions on who God is and how we are supposed to live both collectively as a church body and individually as a Christian. So, this is going to be a relatively shorter message, but it is, I'm just going to give us some just practical thoughts and how we can listen well to the word of God. If we want to have a healthy Christian community, we need to listen to God's word well. But how do we do that? Now, this list that I'm going to give, they're not in any particular order, meaning that the first is the most important or last being most important. They're just, these are just things that I've just been thinking about and how we can prepare our hearts or prepare our ears to listen to God's word well. So again, it's not in particular order, but it's just that uh, this is just the order in terms of just the outflow of my own thoughts, things I've read, and just things I've been meditating on, which actually gets to our first point. If you want to have the ability to listen well, you need to meditate on the sermon. You need to meditate on the messages. Psalm chapter 1, and I am going to jump all over the Bible, and if you are able to flip as fast, that's great. But if not, just write down the references, and I would encourage you to actually go back and I'll read the passages uh, for most of them, but for some of you, one way you can do it by is write it down and actually go back and reading it. So Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 says this, How blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight 
is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields his fruit in his season, and his leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Notice that in this psalm here, a very popular psalm, the psalmist writes that he meditates on the, the word of uh, God. He meditates on God's law day and night. It's not something that he does just some, on, on a Sunday. It's not something he just does on a Friday. But it's something that, he, that, keeps, that he, he just constantly think about. What does that practically look like? Well, when we talk about meditating on the sermon, when you hear the sermon, you have to think, how does this apply to my <coughs> Excuse me. How does this apply to my life? We hear a message about, let's say this past Sunday, about fellowship, about genuine fellowship, about how your relationship with the Lord first is, is preeminent before you have right relationships with other people around you. So you think, why is it that I can't fellowship with those around me? It could be largely because you don't have a, a close relationship with the Lord. A shallow relationship with God means a shallow relationship with one another. So you think about those things. You meditate on where in my life am I lacking in the things that the uh, pastor is saying or the, or the podcast or wherever you're listening to God's word being, being preached. You meditate on it. This is something that you dwell on. You meditate is a command from God's word. It's actually one of the most common commands in the Old Testament about the word of God. You have to think about it. You have to use your mind. I know our culture does not encourage people to think, but that's because the world doesn't want you to think. But God's word, and as a Christian, you understand there's a stewardship of your brain and how you use it. You need to meditate on the word of God daily, all day and all night. Again, it's not necessarily memorizing, although I do think it's important that you memorize God's word. It just means that you're, there's a grid by which you look and think about the world. You see how the world is corrupted, and you think, okay, what is the biblical answer for that? Why is this happening? Or what is the biblical response to the things that I'm seeing are all around me? In order to do those things well, you have to be a good steward of God's word by meditating, it on, meditating on it. You need to fill your mind with God's word so you can be free from the multitudes of struggles in your life. If you think about the sins and temptations in your life, chances are the reason why you stumble is because you're not thinking about truth. You're not dwelling on truth. You're not meditating on the things of God, and therefore you fall into sin. Because if your mind is saturated with God's word, you will develop the resistance or even the discernment of what is right and what is wrong. So you need to meditate on the sermons. If, you, if this Christian community was to thrive, is the people that constantly thinks about God's word and how it applies to their life. Second one is this, which closely ties to the, what the first point is, that find ways to apply God's word throughout the week. Find ways to apply God's word throughout the week. This is James chapter 1, verse 19, reads, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick, hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all of that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who dilute themselves. If 
anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at a mirror, uh, look at his natural face in the mirror, but once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has merely forgotten what kind of person he was. Again, there's the command that when you hear the word of God, you need to do something about it. In a lot of our sermons, we give biblical principles, and then we give some applications. And sometimes I think when I preach and I give some applications, some people think, well, I can't apply those things because that doesn't apply to my context. That's what the biblical principles bowl is about. Where there's, it's impossible for all of us as preachers or teachers of God's word to know what your life is going through and try to find every single application in your life. I think the Holy Spirit works in your life in such a way that when we give the principle, you should engage in your mind and think, yeah, what does that look like in my life? And when we give applications, really just an illustration of that application. And you need to think, how am I supposed to do this? It's really, there's no point in listening to sermons if you're not going to do anything about it. In fact, it's a waste of your own time. It would be better if you don't listen to God's word and have nothing to do with it and don't do anything about God's word than to sit here and use the time that the Lord has given you and, and do nothing about it. You need to listen to God's word and find ways to apply it in your life. It's often assumed that when a preacher preaches, they need to live out what they preach. And that is the expectation. I believe that is a right and accurate expectation from the congregation to the pastor. But it's also right for me as a pastor to expect you guys to listen to God's word and actually find ways to apply it in your life. So both of us, as the preacher, pastor, and the congregation, the body of Christ, all of us need to be doers of God's word. It's not just something that I do and then or I, I preach and don't do, and then it's not something you hear and don't do as well. Both of us, all of us, need to be applying God's word regularly in our life. You, know, you have to make effort. You have to think about it. You have to meditate on, on God's word, and then you think about, okay, now I see the opportunity where God has given me to be tested. God tells me to honor my father and mother. My parents are frustrating me right now. What am I supposed to do? What's the most honorable thing? And you think through those things, and you try to honor them. The Bible tells you that you should not lie. You have opportunities to lie on your taxes or lie, with your, lie against your coworker or, or lie in your job or at school. You put those things aside and you put on truth. This is what it means to apply God's word. If we were to be a Christian community that's healthy, all of us need to apply God's word in our life daily. It's not just some sermons <clears throat> that we like to listen to uh, you know, because generally speaking, there's, we all have hobby horses in terms of teachers, but there's also a hobby horse in those that are listeners. You know, generally speaking, in a, in a context like this, in college career, the number one thing people love to talk about is dating. What is the practical application for this in my dating level, how to find a spouse? That does, that's like one small thing relative to everything else that could go on in your life. You need to think when a pastor or teacher is teaching you God's word, there is always an application in your life. You just need to think about how God's word will impact your life. You need to think about how to apply God's word. James chapter 4, verse 17, Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. We, he, we hear as pastors and teachers, when we preach to you God's word, oftentimes I think you do know what the right thing is. But you refuse to do it because you don't want to. There is a lack of desire to apply God's word in your life. Even things like forgiving one another. Like you think about all of the 30-something sermons that Pastor Roger preached on. If we did those things, all 
and we're to do it faithfully. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, but as long as we try to do those one another in, our, in, in the Christian community, there will be, this will be a place that's just filled with love and Christ-likeness, filled with grace and care in a way that God wants us to. That's what a healthy church looks like, that Christians apply God's word in their life. So first, meditate on, on the sermons. Second, find ways to apply the sermon throughout the week. Third, and closely related to the second point, talk and pray about it others, uh, with, about the sermon. Talk and pray about it. The reason why we give those applicational questions on Friday night is it's really an example for you to think, how am I supposed to think about this passage? How can I apply it? How can I change my worldview to align with God's word? And that's what we call fellowship. And when we talk about fellowship, it's talking about how we enjoy or was convicted by the word of God so that we can be more like Christ. The word of God builds all of us together. It's what all of us have in common. And if we enjoy talking about God's word, that's only because we love the word of God. We love, we love it, so we talk to other people. You guys understand this because if I see you guys like be excited by a lot of things, you know, whether it's some sort of trip, like some vacation or a place you guys like to go visit, you guys are excited about food or some sort of exercise, you guys are excited by some movies, and you know, these things are all fine. But when it comes to the Word of God, how excited are you? Does, do you in your mind, when you think about the, word, God, the God's Word, does it excite you to be able to go and share with other people the things that you learned? I think you need to be very intentional with the conversations that we have. We have these questions to kind of, in some ways, artificially create an environment where you guys will be used to talking about spiritual truths in each other's lives. Again, it's a training process for you to know how to think about questions to ask one another so that you guys can encourage each other to be more like Christ. Be open and transparent. Be humble enough to share about the things that you're struggling with. There's no shame in the church because all shame is dealt with on the cross. And if we as believers want to continue to grow, we need to talk about it. We need to pray with one another about the word of God. Hebrews 10.24, let us hold fast to the, uh, let us hold fast in confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And in the context of the book of Hebrews, which we're going through on Sunday with Pastor Henry, understand that when they talk about fellowship, it's different from the way we talked about fellowship. Because when we think about fellowship, it's just like, oh, we, I guess we'll just show up to church when it's best time for us. I don't feel like going to church today, and I'm not interested. That's a wrong attitude to have. Because the original context, they were, they were going to church was a risk for them. They counted the cost. If they were caught with other Christians, they would be exiled. They would be persecuted. They will be killed. But for us, because there's some, so much protection and luxury and comfort, we oftentimes aren't willing to be in each other's lives. We're not willing to make the sacrifice to drive 15 minutes to go and have a meal and talk about spiritual things. It is normal for a Christian community to make sacrifices to talk about the word of the living God. Do you have this desire to talk about it? Because I do believe that if you... So if, the if us as a church continue to talk about the word of God, then we'll grow and we'll continue to grow and be more like Christ. 
a healthy church are people in the church that talk about the Word of God regularly. So not only do we meditate on the sermon, or that we apply the sermon throughout the week, or that we talk about the sermon, the last few, or some of these are more like preparations for it. So one of them we'll just call, be humble before and after you hear a sermon. Be humble before, you hear, before and after you hear a sermon. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, Peter writes to sum up all of you, be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit. Humble in spirit, this is not just only in the context of not treating each other poorly, but I think that's just the life of the Christian. The Christian, our people, are very humble people. Blessed are the meek. That's what Jesus says in the Beatitudes. And that's not just speaking in context of just treating one another, but that's all the time. That's just not in uh, your workplace only and uh, when you're at school, but even when you're hearing the word of God. There is a temptation for a church like this, who, you know, this church, we, we love to learn about the word of God. We have a lot of good doctrine. We read a lot of Christian books, and it's very tempting for us to, be, to become puffed up because of it. I mean, that's what First Corinthians tells us, that knowledge puffs up. And sometimes we think because we know so much, or we've been in the church for so long, that I don't need to hear this sermon. I don't need this in my life right now because I've heard it before. In fact, I've heard other preachers that can preach better than Pastor Ray, and that is absolutely true. But that does not mean that you can't be humble at heart because there's always something in the text for you. If you understand and trust in God's providence in your life, that means that God has placed you here to hear the word of God. Oftentimes, uh, after Sunday, for all of us as pastors here, people seem to be surprised that we preach on the text, not because we're preaching God's word, but because of how timely it is in their life. And we don't know that. We don't know what's going on in the deep recess of their own heart, but yet, by God's providence, something that we say impacts them and it moves them to hear the word of God. And I believe those individuals that hear this because they have a humble heart. But, the, but there are those who are proud, who no matter what, you could have like John MacArthur, you can even resurrect R.C. Sproul and Spurgeon or whoever, they could come and preach and think, eh, that's all right. That's a wrong attitude to have. When you're hearing the word of God, no matter who it is, you need to ask God to make you humble to hear, to hear the message that God wants you to hear. And I think, again, it's very tempting for us to be critical of those that are preaching. Oh, that person's not as dynamic. Oh, that person's funny. Oh, that person's not funny. That person is really detailed. That person's not as detailed. I like this person's outline. I don't like this person's outline. I like this person's intro. I don't like this person's conclusion. Whatever metric that you're trying to measure, that's not the point when it comes to hearing the word of God. When you're hearing God's word, you humble yourself before and after the sermon to find ways to apply it in your life. You can't and you won't learn the word of God if you are proud. Closely related to the last point and, and is this, is that we need to ask God to, un, to understand the sermon. So meditate on the sermon, apply the sermon, talk about the sermon, be humble before and after the sermon. Ask God to understand the sermon. John chapter 14, verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is Christ telling his disciples and encouraging them that the moment he's gone, the Holy Spirit will come. He's going to teach them things and make them remember things. That's actually why we have the Gospels. Part of that is uh, the fulfillment here of the, of the Helper, the Holy Spirit being there to illuminate their minds and bring and to recall to mind all the things that Jesus has done so that they're able to write the word of the living God. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just stop working in their life, it works in our life as well. The reason why we understand the word of God, the reason why we can remember the word of God is because the Lord works in our hearts. And much like the last point about being humble, when you're a humble person, you will ask God to give you the grace to apply it, to hear his word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. For this reason, Paul writing to Thessalonians again, we also constantly thank God that when you receive the word which you have heard from us, you accepted it. <clears throat> Not as word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God which also perform its work in you who believe. What made the Thessalonians such a unique church was that they were people that sought to understand the word of God. And James tells us in James chapter 1, but if any of you lack, if you, if you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to them. But he must ask uh, in faith without any, any doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed uh, by the wind, for that man not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If you apply, go into a sermon or whatever podcast or Sunday school lesson, and you don't ask God to help you understand, then there are chances that you won't understand. Our God is more than generous to help you understand him. In fact, that's what the difference between a believer and a non-believer a believer has the Holy Spirit to give them insight into the Word of God, oftentimes even beyond what even the pastor preaches. And the non-believer, they can sit here, they can, un they can hear all the things that you're saying, but yet not grasp the significance in their life. A lot of times when, um, when I mean, this is maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but there's one time in particular where someone would come up to me and say, Pastor Ray, that was a good sermon. They'll, they'll quote something, and I would realize, like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. And it was nothing that I said. It was just something that they heard. And maybe the Lord gave them another message or something. But by God's grace, they were able to understand, they were able to pull some truth from the lesson or from the Sunday school or from the message that's closely related, but it's not something that I even said. <clears throat> but that's fine because the Lord is teaching them something. They, this person wanted to learn, and the Lord gave them and grant them some sort of knowledge that is biblical, and they're trying to find ways to apply in their life. So ask the Lord to understand. And, that, and, and this really applies not just strictly to like sermons, but also even the way that we engage God's word. Before we do our devotionals, when we do our Bible reading plan, how often do we pray first and foremost and just give, asking God to give you illumination and then afterwards, asking God to keep that in your mind. Or even praising the Lord that you understand something. I think every time when a little bit of our mind expands in terms of theology uh, or Bible knowledge, whatever it may be, it should, we should praise the Lord for it. Because it's a little bit 
every time we know something about the scriptures, really we know a little bit more about our, our great God. So ask God to help you understand the sermon. Next one. This is, again, similar but uh, to what we've said before, but prepare your own hearts before the sermon. Prepare your hearts before the sermon. One of the things that I think we should, we often do here is that before we do communion, we tell people, hey, you need to confess any secret sins that you might have. But the reality is that you should be confessing your sin all the time. It's not just once a month where you confess your sins. Particularly when you're about to listen to God's word or when you're about to read God's word, there is something to be said that maybe the reason why you don't, you're not understanding God's word or you're not interested in God's word, you have no desire to learn about God's word, is because there could be sin in your life that's hindering you from learning the word of God. James chapter 1, verse 21, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of weakness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. James is instructing them that there are times that you need to, t- I mean, that all the time you put off sin in order to grasp the word of God. Now, I know that it's not going to be perfect in terms of how many sins, because there are so many of them. But if there is sin in your life that you're living and you're thinking, well, I can still have deep understandings of the word of God. No, you're not going to get there because you're, you're being, because sin is, is, it makes you dumb. Sin makes you stupid. It makes you incompetent in terms of understanding the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies, along, along for the pure milk, so that by it you may grow in respect of salvation, if you've tasted the kindness of the Lord. I do think that in 1 Peter here, that he's making this direct correlation between all the sins that you're holding on to and your ability to hear God's word. If you're holding on to sin, you cannot grasp the word of God. And the Lord will prick your heart and your conscience to make you confess because that's the first thing you need to deal with. It doesn't matter if you've finished all your Bible reading plan or finished your Bible in a year or do all the devotions and listen to all the sermons. If you're hiding sin in your life, don't expect to understand the word of God. And clearly you don't because you're hiding sin. God's word should be piercing to you. It should make you feel the weight of your sin because of how holy God is. You need to prepare your hearts by confessing your sin. But you also need to continue to find ways to, uh, you, this is, you need to also think about how, how you can prepare to practically in your life. We say in, in our Christian circles that Sunday morning begins Saturday night. That means that before you go to church on Sunday, you need to be very intentional with the time that you have. It's a very precious resource, and how you use it will impact your day. How you spend Saturday night will impact how you think about the next day. I think sometimes we make this disconnect between the physical and the spiritual, but they're all actually connected. If you fail to take care of your body, it will impact you spiritually as well. And if you are not doing well spiritually, it will also impact you physically as well. So if you are constantly staying up late Saturday nights. If you're constantly, uh, you know, if you're, if you're being late to church all the time because of things that you've done the night before, then you need to reconsider and you need to prepare your life to go and worship the Lord. And this means that it's like for Christians, we, we live a life that's disciplined. 
Paul tells us that he is not mastered by, every, by anything, but he disciplines his body. He, his body doesn't tell him what to do. He tells his body what to do. He wakes up when he needs to, and he goes to sleep when he needs to. That's part of preparing yourself before you hear the sermon. There are, yes, spiritual th- components like confessing your sins, but there's also practical things in terms of, of getting to bed so you can get up on time, so you can get your mind right to hear the word of God. <clears throat> the best sermon by the best preacher will do nothing to your heart if you do not prepare your own hearts to hear the word of God. So meditate on the sermon, apply the sermon throughout the week, talk about the sermon, be humble before you hear the sermon, ask God for understanding for a sermon, prepare your hearts for a sermon, and lastly, listen to the sermon with eternity in mind. Listen to the sermon with eternity in mind. I think one of the most horrifying verses in all of Scripture is said by Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, verse uh, I think, uh, yeah, sorry, the most, one of the most horrifying passages is when Jesus says, depart from me, for I never knew you. Oh, I see, this is Mark, that's why it's confusing. Like, what? My, no- my notes in my Bible are not aligning because I'm in the wrong book of the Bible. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, it said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, cast out demons, and in your name, perform many miracles. And, I, and then I will declare to them, depart from me, for I never knew you, those who practiced lawlessness. Understand that Jesus is talking about Christians or professing Christians. He's not talking about the Pharisees. He's not talking about atheists. He's not talking about the agnostics. He's not talking about the Buddhists. He's not talking about the Hindus. He's not talking about the Muslims. He's speaking to those who call themselves Christians. These are the people that go to church, who do a lot of service for the Lord, but in their, seat, in their own hearts, they're not practicing the word of God. See, this is why it's so important to hear God's word, because your eternity is at stake. Everything that you hear about God is true. Everything when God's word tells about confronting your own sin is true. Everything about what God said after this life and what goes on in this life is absolutely true. And many Christians think that just because they sit in the church service, because they have a whole bunch of playlists on Christian songs or listen to Christian podcasts, that that somehow makes them a believer. No, if your heart is not right with the Lord, if you're not listening to God, and it says here, depart me, you practice lawlessness. This, again, implies that this is someone who has acquired a lot of knowledge, but yet does not do the word of God, which is often my biggest fear. And I think all of us as elders understand that this is our biggest fear, that, the, that you guys here in particular, you know God's word so well, but yet you don't do it. Yet you, you can even use doctrine to hide behind why you do the sins that you do. You have a reason or a Bible verse to hide behind the idolatry. But it says if you're not a doer of God's word, if, you're not a, if you don't practice, if you're a practice of lawlessness, then all that you hear is completely in vain and useless. 
You need to listen to God's word with eternity in mind. And I think for a Christian community like us here, when we hear God's word, there should be a natural desire to want all of us to encourage each other to obey the word of God. Because eternity is at stake. How you think about God's word now will impact the way that you live for all of eternity. True Christian community are a group of people that seek to learn about God's word and live it out. And that's the continual cycle in the life of the church. We learn about God's word, and then we live it out, and we encourage others to continue to learn more about God's word and to continue to live out God's word. This is a cycle of the Christian life, and it's, the, it's, it's like the way the body works, where when the heart beats and all the blood goes around the body, that's how God's word is supposed to be in our life. We intake God's word, and then we apply it. We intake God's word, and we apply it, and it just keeps going in a circle. All of us need to learn, continue to learn God's word, and continue to live out God's word. If this church is to grow and to have a healthy church, we need to continue to live out God's word because eternity is at stake. To learn about God, to learn about the truth of God, not just in the, for about this life, but the world that is to come. And I hope that for all of us, if we want to have a a strong Christian community. It's not so much about the, it's not so much about the programs that we have. It's not so much about the, how many services or things that we do, but really it, it centers around the Word of God, and it begins by hearing God's Word. If you meditate God's Word regularly, if you apply God's Word regularly, if you discuss and dialogue about God's Word, if you're humble before God's Word, if you ask God to seek to know Him more, and preparing your hearts, knowing that eternity is at stake, I know that this church, if we do these things, we will be a church that will be most honoring to the Lord. Not because, and we're not doing this primarily because we want to boast and brag about other churches, but really because out of a love for the Lord that we do what we do. J.I. Packer, in terms of hearing God's word, this is what he says. I'll close with this quote. Congregations never honor God more than by revering uh, what, by, but then by uh, reverence, what they listen to in God's word, with full purpose of praising and obeying him once they see what he has done, what they are called to do. And I love this quote because it makes you, it's a call for us to think about all that Christ has done and in light of what he has done for us and what does that mean for our daily life. We need to hear God's word and go and do God's word because if you don't listen to God's word, if you don't listen to God's word well, you're not going to apply God's word. And if you do not apply God's word, then you'll hear Jesus say this to you, depart from me, for I never knew you. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, Lord, thank you again for your word. Thank you for giving us the ability to hear your word, whether it is in the moment, in person, online, as it's happening, or that we can listen to it and as, a, as a message down the line. Lord, we're grateful for the technology and all that we have to hear your word so easily in this time and age. But at the same time, Lord, we understand the stewardship and even the, that, that we're held accountable to all that we know. And I hope, Lord, that you give us all a humble heart to hear your word. Much like Jesus says that the sheep, they recognize the shepherd's voice. May we be that faithful sheep. As dumb as we may be, but, but I hope that at the very minimum, we recognize your sheep because we belong in your flock, Lord. Lord, thank you for your word. Keep us humble 
and to learn your word regularly and to apply it to our lives, knowing that eternity is at stake. Thank you in your, in your son's precious name. Amen. I believe we have different discussion groups. I think we're going to try something new in the summer where we'll have some weeks where we'll have discussion groups, and other times we're just, I want to just, for us, just to get to hang out some more. Just, uh, so some weeks we'll have no discussion groups, and I think Alice will, will give us instruction those weeks. Um, and again, just for us to kind of build our lives around each other. Um, we're going to go through six of these, and again, find ways in which you can hear God's word, and then later on we'll talk about things like prayer and evangelism and serving uh, one another. And it's similar to what Roger did with his one another series, but I think I chose these six sermons in particular because I think it's something that this particular fellowship group needs to work on if we want to grow uh, as a Christian community.